podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a cup of tea. Uh, two of these this week. We're absolutely flying. Um, the reason for this show, I'm with Jamie Kenneman, Neil Atkinson, by the way, and Andy Heaton, if he wants to chip in. We'll, we'll wait and see. These, they're very fluid, these. And the reason for this one is um, we do a show called Wildcards, which a lot of you probably know. And recently there's been a few, a few supported issue things come up on that and not got quite high enough votes to, to, to kind of go through because I think sometimes, you know, people maybe around the world or whatever would, would, would rather be talking about what's going on on the pitch. Um, and some people have said it'd be nice if you, if you could do something maybe specially on it for those of us who are interested and those of us who are affected be interested to hear your views and be interested to get a bit of balance on it and, you know, the temperature of what's going on. So uh, I've invited Jamie Kenner down because it's, it's it's difficult for us sometimes because basically I've got a season to get and I've got loads of away credits. Mm. So people moan about the member's sale. The member's just sale for me is just something that sort of exists. Yeah. And, um, but for other people, it's, it's a lot more than that. So, um, Obviously, Jamie Kenner is very heavily involved in Spirits of Shankly and generally with, with supported issues. So it'd be great if you can... Give, give, share with us as we go kind of what people are saying to you and yeah. what you kind of people know but yeah, I want to go back actually because um, to the start of the year and I couldn't believe it was February 2016 because it seems like so long ago <laughs> yeah. I mean a lot happened in 2016 to be honest but um, but February 2016 with the with the walkouts um, and because I don't think we've ever really reflected on it properly on a no. show you know we, we've talked about it in, in, in pubs and things like that but in terms of on a, sh- on a show how does how does Spirit of Shankly come to a decision that we're going to suggest a walkout? Because that's quite a difficult thing to suggest to football fans. It's a brave thing to do. How how do how do SOS say this is what we think is right, and now we're going to publicise uh, it? This this I've only touched on this with some people, and this you're right because this has not been reflected on and maybe explained. We all got caught up in it in a few short days. SOS didn't actually suggest it. Did you know? Um, Spine Cop nineteen oh six did. Allowed okay. to do the flags and banners. I'm, Maybe giving away a bit of a game, a trade secret here, but SOS had had a meeting uh, that night that the lads suggested it. We were having a chat about what we should do, and we were talking about the longer term now on tickets because Liverpool, we knew what they were going to charge in terms of price. They'd gone public, and we were like, this is the end game. We either, the club are either made to listen one way or another, or, or they're never going to listen. And this is it. Ticket prices will just be allowed to go on and do what Liverpool want. Um, and someone suggested like the idea of a warhouse, and I, I remember saying, you know, we're never going to have a warhouse or a boycott because it's been so hard to do the whole yeah, one. Yeah. But circumstances, you know, presented themselves around ten pounds, kids tickets. But we were saying there'd be no way we could get a warhouse because we'd never had one under and Gillette, yeah. and we were like the club nearly went bankrupt. Mm. And, you know, when it, hours away from administration, and yet we, you know, we we didn't have a warhouse then, and. Um, then about an hour after that meeting, I got home and Andy Hudson from Spine Cup 1906 and I said, all the lads have suggested the walkout. And I was like, well, all right, fine. Um, and people might think, well, why did you change your mind so quick? And it was like, well, the lads who'd done so much around campaigning for ticket prices had put it on the table. And we were like, well, in a way, they're right. Maybe we were being a bit too cautious. You, This is it now. You, you can't let... If, if Liverpool can get away with charging £77, that's it. Yeah. Um, so the lads suggested it and they floated it amongst people they know. And amongst the core of people who goes to match, which is always a good indicator for where you know a lot of members are thinking and what people are saying, you know, because one of our some of our biggest critics are people who go to the match from Liverpool, um, yeah, and they were quite on board with it, and we were like, well, 
You know so what? it's important to say that, isn't it? That's so, yeah, that, there's a lot of that. You it just whilst we're sort of going through the, the story part of this, that I think a lot of people would think there's a lot of people if they don't think about it would just sort of think, oh well, everyone in Liverpool, the SOS, blah blah blah, and everyone outside Liverpool can be a bit more, etc. etc. Whereas the reality is, there's mm-hmm. low, there's constant discussion around from Liverpool people around Spirit of Shankly. Not all of it's positive, a lot of it isn't. And you'll, you'll be there's honest more, enough to admit more that scout, there's more scouts as we go to match you me than there are. Evertonians, there is, there are people who just yeah, yeah. What you do. Say, yeah. because of their politics and how they view things. It's, it's a very yeah, Liverpool yeah. thing about people who put their head above the parapet. But, yeah, very much so. Um, you know, it got called, and you know the, the support was overwhelming for it. And you know, t- just touching on that point, the people who I know didn't walk out out on our meet. Not that I've kept the list, honest. But you know, when I've watched it back on match of the day, and I've seen the walkout and that, and I've seen photos of the people in and around with my seat, I walked out. They're all scouts. They're not people who've travelled from. Out of town or anything like that. They, they, they were all scouts fellas. Yeah. All the fellas who stayed. Well, my dad stayed. You know, in the seats. And, and people did, that's what I'm yeah. saying. People people made the choice. And it, it was a big... It was quite significant. I, I was I was incredibly nervous when it happened. Like, literally, I was looking at the clock. I um, actually managed to completely mess my timings up and forgot to add up. And on the when I come back out for the second half, <laughs> we got to my seat. I was counting it down in my head, thinking, like, we've only got 12 minutes to score. Please, Liverpool, score before we have to walk out. And I was saying, I've got 12 minutes, I've got 12 minutes. And then I hadn't, because clearly that wouldn't have been the 77th minute of the match. Um, but my <laughs> me, me head, me head had gone, because I was panicking and nervous. Um, but there was a bit of gallows human amongst people, you know, the people on the cop who were like, we'd, we'd been poor first half, and they were like, we were crap, can we get off now? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't £45 be a bad price? <laughs> let's, just, let's just go now, this is really crap. And then like 60 minutes, like, we're really crap, and we're like, we're going to score. And then, I remember Daniel Sturridge just sent out to warm up and I was thinking, they're going to bring Daniel Sturridge on. They're going to bring Daniel Sturridge on at 76 and it's all going to change things and there's going to be chaos. Um, Klopp was sick that day. Klopp had appendicitis uh, and everyone was worried what he'd have been like and stuff like that. These were all things we'd done before the game. Before the game, we'd all said, we were talking to the panel outside and we were like, if a thousand people walk out, I'll be made up. Really? A thousand people, yeah, I'd have been made up. Well, that's a reflection though, Neil, on... And, and Jay touched on it before, how hard it was to get people to do anything under Hicks and Gillette. And you were heavily involved in Spurs of Shankly at that time. Um, and it is mad when you look back to think how difficult it was. Because as Jay says, the club nearly went. And I don't know if it was because it was a more complicated issue or whatever, or because maybe there was complicated relationships with the manager going on the time and things like that. And, and, and you know, people blaming different people. But... Jay's right to point out that you you try and get people to stay behind after the game, you get maybe 500 to 1,000. You're yeah. trying to get people to go on a, a march, on a demo, which is stood with your mates drinking cans, walking up the road, and you get 1,000 people. You know, you weren't asking people to do a lot. And so to to, to, to do this walkout, to, to be brave enough to say, yeah, we're going to do it, and then to get so many people is remarkable. And I, don't, I still don't really understand quite why... 30,000 people will walk out of the game on 77 minutes for this and they wouldn't get involved then. I don't really know. I I think it's quite clear why and actually, you know, Jay's Jay's career uh, in general, being wherever you're on the political spectrum, campaigning issues are easiest when the simplest. Mm-hmm. So that's straightforward. Absolutely. So people knew exactly what it was. The, i.e., they're going to try and charge seventy-seven quid for the ticket. It could be my ticket. It could be someone else's ticket. Mm-hmm. If it's not my ticket this season, it could be my ticket next season. Everyone who goes, everyone is affected by ticket price. And everyone, and it just makes complete sense to people. It just, it, it, it there's a complete clarity of message that this is what the, this is what it is. Whereas you're right to say the one of the Hicks and Gillette things was, you know, you you end up and and what we didn't know by leverage buyouts, but at the end of it wasn't worth knowing. But <laughs> when you're still trying to put that over, and I, I, you know, I think I'm a good communicator. I know that Jay's a good communicator and we do telly stuff and you're trying to explain through Vinnie O'Connor, who was great in that period, yeah, what's going on. And 
you'd you'd feel you'd done well if twenty percent of the people who were watching will have understood it and not necessarily understood that there's a call to action around it. Yeah. And yeah. that I think that's a really that's a, a but this it's absolutely the call to action's clear. The the actual thing that you're upset about is clear. It affects people directly. It it affects them the money in their bank account in, in very very short no, no, no space of time. It's all crystal clear to everyone. Yeah. And so you're able to say right, I'm not I'm not having that. I'm walking out. Just but, pu- just pulling them two things together just to explain that when you're saying about why they did or don't yeah. take action. When we started doing the SOS stuff, and Neil will know this doing interviews early doors, you'd be told by like Vinny and you know people on ITN and stuff like that, right? Don't lie. No, never mind. Don't swear. Don't lie. Don't say something that you know we can't prove and stand up. And I'm going. Don't call them liars as well. And I'm like, but they have lied. And they're like, well, we can't stand that up. Brian Lee had this problem actually when he wrote the book after it. When he wrote forty four months with a pair of cowboys, he actually couldn't print some of the stuff because it was like it's not quite a lie. And I'm like, nah, it's absolutely a lie. But what we noticed eventually during the accident stuff, as it certainly began to resonate, is people. The things we were saying in interviews started being said back to us by journalists. Three broken promises, yeah. you know, uh, debt on the club was having an impact on the players and stuff, on, on the team. And the, it, it, it began to come full circle and we knew our message was winning then. On the ticket one, it was just very apparent because the mood had already been built up around tickets before we'd done this. You know, they're charging too much, they don't need to charge this much. Yeah. The TV deal gets announced by Sky, that's, in the, you know, that's all mood music mm. to this, you know, and then £77. You know, it's it's a symbolic thing, and then seventy seven minutes. You had you had something to link it to. You know, quite yeah. what we'd have done if the highest price was one hundred and one. I don't know, um, but 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 we had something to it do. Was. It on. Might be yeah. less of Liverpool Football Club going forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we we, we started doing the, it, it. It just it just presented itself at the right moment. It just yeah. and, and as I say about the thousand thing. You know, a thousand would have been right to do it, to call it. I think we called it though, John. Just out of a bit of like. Something's just got to change now. And yeah. I think, you know, it feeds into wider ticket and stuff. Some some of this now, it is there, it's present, everyone's talking about it. You know, people are suggesting it for wildcard shows, talking about £9 tickets or member sales. Liverpool have got to confront this head on. But in the ticket one, we'd had 13 months of talking to them and they just didn't confront it. Yeah. And I think people probably just, for, for me and uh, one of the lads who was involved in SOS at the time, Keith always said, ultimately this might just come down to whoever, who, who looks the most unreasonable. And what happened was Liverpool just looked the most unreasonable because they wanted two million pound more, and they just looked unreasonable. They just looked greedy. Yeah. And then that makes most people think, well, as well as this affecting me, even if it doesn't affect me, it might affect my mates or my brother and stuff like that. Because you don't get to pick and choose where you want to sit in the ground. Mm. You get given a ticket, basically. It's the way it is. And people just realise, no, that's going to affect people I know. It's going to affect me. But also, it's just unnecessary. It's, yeah. it's greedy. It's the wrong time. Liverpool massively misjudged their own support and the mood at the time, and that's why. It was a success. I think they were probably surprised because, well, one of the reasons is because the people's tickets were going down, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And that's important to remember. People on the cop. People I on the cop. I going down. Yeah. So, and that's and that's quite remarkable in itself, though, isn't it? You know, I know people who had corporate season tickets who walked out, and yeah. they're paying a lot more than 77 yeah, yeah. quid a game, but they walked out because they thought, well, that's not right that, you know, if you just want a normal ticket, it costs that much. And so I was impressed, really, by the amount of people who were actually not either not really directly affected or actually we're, we're going to benefit because you know some of the some of the schemes that's been brought in since were already there but just not as much and things like that so they were i probably, i think they probably felt you know they've 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 done enough for peter there for for paul not to kick off yeah, and, Liverpool, and, and paul and paul did it late late uh, late on in the conversations with them there was almost a bit of daring going on and they were like going on a day to kick off a day to be angry because they were confident not as many people as be angry about this yeah. and they were maybe thinking they'll be angry but they won't walk out they won't do something I don't think they expect us to walk out but I think they were thinking well if there's a protest or there's something not enough will do it 
Normal yeah. will do it. And as soon as 10,000 will... And I think 1,000 have walked out, they wouldn't have seen it. They wouldn't have paid attention. But as soon as 10,000 walked out, I know. Straight after that match, all the staff who'd been involved in the conversations with us were like, literally got a phone call from America and were like, sort this out. <laughs> and they had 48 hours. They had, a, they had a, like a 48 hours where I don't think some of them slept. And, you know, I have sympathy for some of their members of staff because I think some of them really wanted the most honourable and you know, had the best intentions. But yeah. ultimately, we did tell them. We'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. I just want to say they were kind of going out. I think I was with you that game, Neil. And coming out, it was madly euphoric. Yeah. Like, seeing that many people go. <laughs> Like and it sounds strange that then you're walking down the road and Liverpool are 2-0 up, are they? Yeah, well, we, no, we won 2-0 that day. <laughs> we, we beat Sunderland 2-0 uh, twice this year. So we won, well, we were 2-0, we were definitely 2-0 at that point. I'll, I'll let Jake get into the semantics in a minute. But uh, <laughs> we were 2-0 up, you're walking down the road, the Liverpool songs were all going, weren't they? Yeah. It was rammed, like out it there. It was like just was normally like, the end of a match. Yeah, and I was like, this is absolutely brilliant, this is great. And then Sunderland score twice, and you don't really know what to think. And I'll go to you on this, Neil, because it's probably a bit fair, because part of me is thinking, fucking hell, could have done without that. And then there's, you know, and then, but then also part of you is thinking, well, supporters are quite important, aren't they? Well, the manager says supporters are important all the time, and, and I don't think, I don't know if it's related or not, their the, the errors and all that sort of stuff, but it was... But footballers aren't stupid, and in the same way that everyone else is looking around on 77 wondering what's going to happen... Uh, the, uh, the will have been people, lads playing for Liverpool and playing for Sunderland by the way that day you'll have gone the fuck are these all going <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> you know what I mean and, yeah. and the Liverpool players would have had a better sense of it but you know they'll have had, had the sort of sense as to why but it is a difficult challenge uh, to, to sort of get through something like that and it only needs a bit of and I think all it is is a couple of bits of luck go against them and someone's not quite on the game that's all it is it's nothing else I wouldn't I wouldn't over, overcook that but the manager talks all the time about the importance of support and you've seen it this season you've seen them literally gesture towards it but then you've seen you know you've, you, you, you've seen them come home and that comes back to a conversation about what it is that you want and the other thing to point out as well is that since the manager's come in he's been very very honest and very very straightforward about a number of different things and he was very he was at his carefulest around that period in that you know I don't want to say anything out of turn but I think it's quite clear where his loyalties lay on that one and yeah. it was actually with the supporters yeah. in that if he actually agrees with the club he'd have been prepared just to come out and say I agree with the club but he but he, he was being very clear and careful not to criticise anybody internally at Liverpool but it wasn't like he was sticking up for them and I thought I thought that spoke volumes and I think that in general if you want to say and we do you want to have a rambunctious atmosphere that puts the fear of God into opponents and you want it to be a massive deal then you've got to meet us if not even halfway just meet us like a quarter of the way and I think there's an element of that there which is which comes through as you know just just give us just give us something just give us a little bit give us something to hang our hats on that you like us that was all the things we were saying while we were having the conversations pre-walkout you know when we were talking to Liverpool this is like you know this will massively improve your atmosphere this is everything you want you'll get this back in you know maybe an extra two three four points a year yeah. And you know that that, that that makes up the money straight away. If it's an extra place in the league, that makes up the money straight away. Just on the point of when you walked out and you know, I as I say I was I was incredibly nervous as you can imagine. And I'm like row nineteen, just by the exit to one oh three and I've literally like seventy seven minutes gone. I haven't even asked anyone around me if they go and I've just literally got up, walked out and I'm like, See you later lads. Off downstairs, got onto the concourse and there were a few people leaving and as I've walked out, passed up towards the album, it was all open then and I've just turned around to me and I was like and I just literally remember thinking to myself. Fuck me. Yeah. Mm. What have we done? Because it was literally like the end of a match. Everyone was yeah. just coming out. There was just thousands of people walking past you. And it was brilliant. And then there was a little panic when we went to went two all and people said exactly what Neil said there to me. That was our line straight away. Uh, I remember doing an interview at the BBC about it immediately and they were like, 
you know, Sunderland come back and scored there. And I said, well, that just highlights the importance of football supporters, doesn't it? Because the people who were still in the ground didn't exactly uh, make the songs and the noise to, to get behind them. You need these people. You need this crowd. A, a range. Because it comes into the other point about atmosphere. I don't think everyone in the ground has to sing. I know there's been talk about this. Yeah. Klopp annoys me sometimes when he does this because like, some people just don't do that. Yeah. They never have. It's, a, it's this big romantic version. Klopp's been sold a... <laughs> Cost been sold to put by Liverpool, you know. Oh, this cop, it's like the yellow wall. No, it's not. Never, never, never was. Never is always this thing all the time for a number of reasons. Partly price and stuff like that, but it never was in the seventies and eighties. You know, you speak to people and like, no, we just used to go to the match and just sit there and talk because, like, you know, we were going out straight after it, and you, and Liverpool you know, just won, and Liverpool just won, and they done these things. So they were never always doing this. Mike never wrote that story, uh, article didn't he, about how you'll never walk alone, get sung and when and stuff like that. Um, you know, people don't sing all the time. People go to the match for different things. Some people just shout. Some people just, and you know, nothing wrong with that. scream at the linesman in the main stand or scream at, you know, someone when they're offside. And that's that's noise as much as it is the fellow yeah, who's starting yeah, a live the pommy chest at the back of the car. I'm suspicious of songs. It's just a bit of a side point. I'm, sort yeah, of, I'm, champs suspi- and stuff. I'm yeah, suspicious people, of songs. We don't need long songs. Some people just join in. Yeah, every other Saturday, we don't need it. We're all right. Yeah. There's, I'd rather I'd rather scare the life out of the opposition and they're not getting the life scared out of them to every other Saturday. Yeah, just bellowing out Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. That, that yeah, will do me. 90 minutes of that, Jake. But, but I mean, that's, that's your next next task. Yeah, yeah. I know the cover <laughs> can go anywhere, but <laughs> <I'll> we'll <laughs> let's not get on to win, which songs are shit. Uh, just finally on the score thing, though, I remember. I remember the week before just arguing with people on Twitter about what was coming and this guy one guy said to me, uh, you know, I hope Liverpool, uh, I'm sorry, I hope Sunderland are winning 1-0 on 77 and then you all, all walk out and Liverpool score twice. So then, so the week after I felt like going back and going, how did that work out for you, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> but I never, it felt too soon and I was too gracious. But if you're listening now, mate, how did that work out for you, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how quickly, how quickly is your phone going, Jay? And I don't mean me going no. come and talk to me. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I mean, I mean. What, when, are, when they change the minds or no, when just generally after it. people in Liverpool Football Club going, uh, we need to have a chat about this. Um, not, 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 uh, not quick at all. Really, um, <laughs> I did exchange some texts with um, someone inside Liverpool that night, and I was like, "Well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, balls in your court now. You know, we're willing to talk if you want to talk." Yeah, um, said that to them that night. No reply text back you know we're looking at it eventually um, but then they went quiet they didn't come back to us and I got a phone call on Monday uh, this isn't why the public knowledge as much I, I got a phone call on Monday night it was like what if we what if we don't make as much money I'm like okay go on what if we you know what if we reduce the price to highest ticket I said well what are you talking here and I'm like well we'll lower some and we'll get rid of that 77 pound ticket I said well does the seventy-two pound ticket stay? And they were like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, we walk out on the seventy-second minute in the next game." He said, "No, this doesn't. This doesn't stand because you got rid of. You know, it's not just that seventy-seven pound. It's that it's two million pound more." And I remember them saying to me, um, "Well, it's not quite two million pound more." And I'm, I said, "Well, based on the numbers you give us, it is." And he said, "Well, you know, there's, there's, that's quite rough working out." And he said, "Well, all right." I said, "All I will say to you," I said, having seen him do it on Friday, I said, "Don't send the air in front of the telly saying, no, lads, no, it wasn't two million pound. It was only one and a half. You know, I said, that's not going to work. And they rang me back again and were like, all right, let us have a chat. And they rang back straight to me and were like, well, what do you think we need to do? And I said, well, you need to not make as much money as you were making before. Simple, you know, you need to make the same amount of money. You can't make more money from us. That's, a, that's just a, you know, a very basic thing. And he said, well, I'm not sure if we can do that. And I said, well, where you're at now is you've got a dice in your hand. I said, and you could roll it. And if you get a six, you can go ahead with what you're thinking of right now. You will get a six. This will all go away. You just win. Well done. I said, but if you roll it and you get anything less than a six, you've lost. 
I said, this won't, this will snowball. And I said, because where other people were talking to me at that much, they were just so angry. They were like, we won't back down now. We won't back down. People who hadn't walked out were like, no, I'll walk out next time. If, if, if this has to carry on, I'll do it. Because partly because, you know, you see... Yeah, you, more... presume, you know, there was, there was a presumption or there was the idea that there could be a presumption that everyone else who's in there who, who didn't walk would never walk. And I think that that was completely the opposite. We did a yeah. show straight after with Philippa and she didn't go and she said, but she said that she was sitting there and she didn't know what to do and she decided not to. But she was like, I'd, I'd be going next You only had to listen to our loud the chance where just before we all walked out. The, in, the, the entire gram was singing that. The entire ground, or as close to the entire ground as you'll ever get singing and mm. joining in a song apart from in a victory. We're, we're joining in with that. So, and then the Wednesday, I think, yeah, it was the Wednesday, wasn't it? Because we'd done a show late that night. Um, I'd gone to do BBC that morning and was calling them all kinds on BBC Breakfast sofa and um, got a phone call on my own to say, we changed our mind. And like literally every time they kept telling me things they were not going to do, like get rid of the categorization, highest price would be 59 pounds. I remember sitting there thinking, fuck me. Fuck me! Oh my God! They have literally changed their mind, and they were gonna say, "I'm gonna apologise," not say sorry, but apologise. And you know, I spoke to a few people to get some advice, and it was like, you know, that's the best you're gonna get. That that's a massive win. You've got to yeah. take it. Um, you know, spoke to people involved, and obviously Liverpool then went public later on that day with, with what they'd done. And in a way, I know this like is, is a bit thingy, but in a way, all of that, as much as that was a big success, it's probably cost supporters now, and I know we might come on to it, but. When we were having them conversations with Liverpool about tickets, we weren't just talking about ticket prices, we were talking about kids' tickets, we were talking about the £9 tickets that there are, we were talking about how they sell tickets, we were talking about season tickets being in different people's names, away tickets, are they sold, we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about you know the membership sale and stuff like that. And Liverpool wanted to talk about all those things first, and we were like, no, let's deal with price. Deal with price, that's the hardest one, then we'll do the rest and they'll all flow. And if you're good to people on price, they'll be a bit more amenable to some of the changes. Uh, and since then, Liverpool have never spoke to us about any of those issues, and that's a big missed opportunity, I think. And it's really sad because there's, and I say this all the time, that you know the club's got loads and loads of people who love the club, knocking round who just want to help first and foremost and want to help Liverpool win. And that whilst it may, it may not be the conventional path towards victory that that is elsewhere, but the other line on this that I always use is that Liverpool Football Club can't win an arms race. Even now, you know, even with the bigger mainstand, we can't win an arms race against Manchester United. We can't win an arms race against Arsenal with the corporate stuff. We can't even win an arms race necessarily against Spurs, who madly are moving into Wembley Stadium next season uh, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, we can't win an arms race. So what I don't understand is why don't you go? Well, you know what? There's all these people and they care this much and they've got ingenuity. We can see they've got ingenuity. They've got nous. We can see they've got nous. They've got communication skills. We can see that. Why don't we bring them in and have a constant dialogue with them? And it's, I just think it's really sad. I think it's really unnecessary. While simultaneously, I think that there's loads and loads of really good decent people at the club and that on the whole everyone wants the same thing and that's that's why it's sad it's not sad because even I'm attacking anybody it's sad because come on this isn't complicated they're just over there they're in Chapel Street we're, we're, two, we're, two, we're two roads away from them we can, we can have a lovely chat they could come into this table now yeah. <laughs> to be honest it would yeah. be complicated uh, Fran Stanton when he was the SOS chair before me um, he was sharing around the time mainly around Martin Broughton and Christian Pearslow and despite all of you know falling out we had or the very public falling out around some of the directors at the club and the very public stuff around people's thoughts on Pearslow. Fran spoke to Christian Pearslow and Ian Ayr and people inside Liverpool more than we've spoke to them since FSG have took charge. And these were people who more quite probably actively hated us at times. Uh, probably with good reason, I suppose, in their mind. But they actively hated us and we spoke to them because Fran used to always say to them, we're your critical friend. You know, we're going to tell you when you're getting things wrong. You, just like you tell us we get things wrong you, we're going to tell you you get things wrong but we ultimately want the same thing You know, we want Lidovic and Gillette we want Liverpool to be successful and we know that 
you need to get everybody back on the same page and pulling in the same direction. Players, you know, staff inside the club and fans. And now what's happened is, is I think they've got the fans on board, but mainly through the manager. Not not just by Liverpool doing some good things, you know. And it, it this one's, I think Liverpool have got this opportunity to, or could have had this opportunity on the back of that. To say, you know what? Yeah, we got it wrong. Let's look at how we do this. Let's still talk to us. Let's talk to us about these issues. Supporters that haven't like Man City, New Year's Eve. You know, there's big issues about there was big issues and people contacting us about that game being at you know our five on New Year's Eve. I wrote to the director of operations at Liverpool, and I got a reply off the supporter liaison officer to say to me, uh, "We're dealing with it." I said, well, "Let's have a meeting. You know, let's sit down. Let's talk about what we think you can do, what we can do to talk to supporters." We, you know. No, no, it's okay. We'll we'll talk to the supporters committee and the supporters committee. Are like, no, you won't. SOS have brought this up. Talk to SOS. And they just didn't. They just didn't want to talk to us. And it's like, you know, all right. Now there's been a solution for people who live on Merseyside. You can get a train on a bus home to like nine o'clock, which mm. is brilliant. Hats off to the staff who've done that at Mersey Travel. Hats off to the staff who are going to work on the buses a bit later. And you know, a mate of mine who's fuming at me because he works late for stagecoach. He's not got to work late on New Year's Eve. But what about the fans who live in North Wales? What about the fans who live in Warrington who are getting a train home because there's no trains between Manchester and Liverpool? That day, what about the City fans? No conversation. And it's like, this is just a missed opportunity to even just show you care. Even if there was nothing you could do or nothing you were willing to do, sit around the table with people and say, well, what are your concerns? How can we best address them? Are there some things we can do? Maybe Liverpool can, you know, subsidise some travel for people who are having to organise coaches from Birmingham. Maybe they can think about the impact it's going to have on people who live two streets away from and feel they were inviting all the family around on New Year's Eve and thinking to themselves, oh yeah, you can park outside ours, you don't, you don't need to worry about match day restrictions, it's not a match day. And then, you know, lo and behold, a few days later it is a match day and you know, those, where are people going to park? There's a lad who got in touch with me the other day, it's just a little thing, he uses the park and ride scheme, Liverpool have got your park out somewhere by the showcase and you get a bus. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's emailed Liverpool and said, well, what are you going to do about that on New Year's Eve? Will it be running? You know, buses and timetables are all over the show. Oh, we'll be in touch. So I'm implied. That's just really bad customer service, let alone caring well, about your supporters who you want to turn up for one of the biggest matches we're going to have this after season. But but it's back to the it's back to the thing as well that people presume again that supporter issues are in some way sort of only imposed on people with an L postcode, and this isn't. Mm, this the the biggest issue here is that there's and there's tons of people who travel to Liverpool, and they're all great Liverpool supporters, and there's tons of them who travel who travel to Liverpool to watch the match from all, across the northwest and North Wales. That's what they do. This is how they come. This is how they get here, and it couldn't be made made harder for them. And in essence, now I don't sort of know what your solution is. I think your solution is really really complicated. I, I I you know it almost needs people themselves. It needs people like me. To sort of, I, I mean, if I did drive, to sort of think, well, for this day, I probably shouldn't drive. Yeah. I should probably be compassionate towards the fact that there's only going to be so much space for people to put cars because these people are probably going to have to be able to jump in a car and get home when some of them would normally use public transport. And wouldn't that have been great if we'd have been able to sit down and say to them, right, we'll all give a bit of yeah, because it's, you know, it's, a, it's an unprecedented situation. We'll all give a bit, Liverpool will give a bit of money to subsidise some travel. You know, I was thinking, what arm is there in Liverpool saying, you know what, we'll pay for two coaches from Birmingham? We'll pay for two coaches from Birmingham on New Year's Eve to get people there and back. What's yeah. you know? There's going to be some Liverpool fans who are going to celebrate New Year's Eve in a service station. Yeah, and, no, the, and these people, no doubt. and these aren't people who you know just coming on a whim. These are people who are like you know season ticket holders. Season ticket holders, yeah, they go everywhere. Yeah. Season ticket holders, members, members who go to the game. They give Liverpool the best part of at least a, probably a thousand pound a year. 
two to matches. And, and it's 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 if you say it's contempt, it goes too far. Cause I don't think it is contempt. I don't think sitting around being contempt. again the decent Last people. Yeah. It's, just, it's well, I just think I just think it's not it's not thinking it through. I, I don't it's think it's no one specific. No, no, no one's, yeah, no no one's, one's sat there and gone. Oh, we need to think about this. Have you thought about this? Is there a solution to this? There's no one doing that. No, and no one sits there and says right. Let's you know you know we're playing Bournemouth at half one. Right. Let's just before we agree to this with Sky or going you know complain about it. Why don't we um, why don't we go and check you know that they can get a train there. Why don't we check that there are facilities and that there's no rail replacements, bus services on the way? I know for a fact that that match on uh, against City is on BT Sport. We had a supporter um, who was in a meeting with Sky Sports on behalf of supporters, to, you know, raising concerns with them, with with senior executives of Sky, raising concerns with them about kickoff times. They told Sky, they said, you know, like that kickoff, and Sky literally said, we are astonished. Sky said, we are astonished that matches are our five. Sky had first pick of the match that day. Sky, we're going to pick Liverpool, Man City, and Ford. We're never going to get it early on New Year's Eve. You know, we're not going to get the same viewing figures and stuff like that. People aren't going to do that early on New Year's Eve, and we're never going to be able to get to see that match later on. They were like, "There's no way they're going to change that match and impact so many people on New Year's Eve." So we won't pick it. I think I think and then BT picked it and they let them do. They want this like this is mad. I think on no the, one raised any concerns. On the whole, supporters, I think <coughs> we accept we accept that the money comes in from TV. We accept that that's buying the footballers. We accept that, and as part of that, by the way, we accept that we can therefore begin to see progress on away ticket prices. You accept that that mm. sort of stuff's ongoing, and I think everyone accepts that. And this one, listen for me, it's a laugh. I live in Liverpool City Centre. I'm going to go and see John afterwards. You know, for me, this being a half five kickoff on a New Year's Eve. Listen, I love my kickoffs, and I'm absolutely made up. But I'm really not the majority, and I think it's a massive correct bone of contention for anyone who's travelling in and as I say there's loads and loads of, of, of Liverpool supporters who go all over the place who, who who have to travel in via car because there's no other way to do it and who for this game it's just going to cause absolute chaos and and this is where again there's the and I think it's important to say this that a lot of when you're dealing with the, the supporter issues as you have to Jay people again presume that it's it's Liverpool City orientated whereas the same issues in terms of how the club goes about their business impacts upon people who are from outside the city loads as much, if not more, because if you're inside the city, you can. it's easier to get stuff sorted out mm-hmm. on a week-by-week, day-by-day basis in terms of whatever aspect it is. Whereas people outside, these are the people who are hugely inconvenienced and it's it's putting over to the club that also, you know, you want to try and act like... If, sorry, if anyone internally in Liverpool in the locale wants mm-hmm. to act like, well, you know, what, what's, what's... You know what I mean? Oh, they're getting sorted. They're really not, you know... They're Really not. They're getting treated exactly the same way that you are. I remember. I remember. No, you never mind being a season ticket holder. I remember, I remember yeah. has bought a ticket, right? Has had to go to the inconvenience of buying all the tickets in one big block in the June. Yep. Make arrangements roughly around when they think that match is going to be, and hasn't thought, oh yeah, definitely not going to leave me, you know, standing in Liverpool on New Year's Eve, you know, because I can't book a hotel that late because it's New Year's Eve in a major UK city. <laughs> you know, they're, they're never going to do that to me. And then they have, and you know what? They haven't even said to him. Oh, great, mate, we'll give you money back. Yeah. They haven't said, if you can't make it, we'll give you money back. There's some people inside Liverpool who are worried that we're not going to be full that day. By thousands, they're worried we're not going to be full that day. Well, you know what? You know, when you're Egan Klopp, next time he moans about the atmosphere, I'm just going to write to Liverpool and just say, well, you know what? That Man City game, that was your fault. You could have made that better. And that's the impact, and, that, and that's where it gets. It's just, it's, it, it, it isn't a disgust or a disdain for, pe- for supporters. I think it's like John says, it's no one's job. Someone's got a job to sell cigarettes, so they sell cigarettes. Someone's got a job to get the stewards, so they get the stewards. No one sat there and thought, well, you know, this other massive contributor, you know, supporter, stakeholder, customer, whatever you want to call them, you know, there's 54,000 of them coming to Anfield that night. None of us have asked what matters. There's, there's, 
They'll say they've got a supporters committee. Neil's just going to show me something. I'm not sure what it was. Um, Literally just the time. That's all okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed. Um, okay, this is, long, this is a big cup of tea. <laughs> they'll say they've got a supporters committee and that that's set up to reflect supporters' views and people. It's listed who who is in charge of each person and they meet regularly every three months. Is it? Um, go on. I'll let you carry on saying <laughs> what they, I'll say. You what they do and I'll tell you what they're currently doing. Okay. Well, the, in, in in, in my head, there's a small committee you meet every three months. Um, the, the the senior FSG have, have, have committed to attending at least one a year, and that you, you raise any issues through them, and then it'll get brought up at a suitable time. Um, yes, that is what they're meant to do. Um, they don't meet every three months um, because Liverpool have um, just cancelled this month's meeting um, to say to do it in January instead. Um, and back in March post-walkout, when the supporters' committee supported the walkout, Liverpool told the supporters' committee they were cancelling their meeting in March around equality and diversity because they wanted to review the supporters' committee. They didn't think it was working or fit for purpose anymore. Um, and I think what happened there, and it's partly why they won't talk to us, Liverpool decided they didn't want to be anyone's mate anymore because no-one was being their mate. They took the ball on. Liverpool said, you're not playing no more. Um, and they decided to cancel that meeting. The supporters' committee said no. But Liverpool are currently in the process of a review of support and engagement. Uh, I've appointed Populous, uh, a well-known company, to do this review. Um, they've interviewed all current members of the supporters committee. SOS are doing something alongside it, um, where we're actually getting someone to, who does support and engagement stuff um, and is a professional in this kind of work to do a bit of a, a review themselves about why they think you know, Liverpool can just make this much more simpler and talk to supporters like us. Um, but Liverpool are reviewing that. So they interviewed me, they interviewed someone from Spine Cop, they interviewed somebody else. They're currently interviewing the club. And then I was told they're interviewing journalists and politicians next, uh, which I find a bit mad. I'm like, you know, go and talk to all the supporters, come and speak to, you know, lads like yourselves and, and ask what you think about it, you know, because I, I just think they miss a big trick in how they do support and engagement. But what Liverpool have seemingly decided to do now is that, you know, we've set this thing up, but now it's, in my mind, now it's not doing what we wanted to do anymore. Mm. Now, it's, now it's developed its own identity in mind and we don't quite like that. Um, so let's review it and let's see if there's a different way or a better way we can do it. Yeah. I think there's always been better ways they can do it, but you know they don't get FSG going to their meetings. No one, you know, they've. I don't. I think in the last year they didn't get anyone from FSG going to the meetings. They've met FSG separately on on ticket issues specifically because mm. again, even then when they was when you know Ian A was sitting in a room with me talking about ticket prices, Mike Gordon wouldn't. Like this is astonishing. You know I'm not like. Some terrorist or something. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't like Tony Blair, you know, with the Good Friday Agreement, where people had to sit in someone's front living room, and you know, because uh, uh, it couldn't be official. Like you were meeting these people, you can't. You can't sit down and have an honest conversation yeah. with someone, and they, and they won't. And and I just think then that's the missed opportunity because the supporters committee, you know, doesn't get to say, well, let's get the people who are affected, let's get the people who are speaking on behalf of fans doing this. You know, I said to the the guy from Populous, I said Richard Scudamore, who runs the Premier League has sat in a meeting more times with me than Liverpool's owners or Ian mm. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the font of all knowledge on this, but they don't sit in a room with you to talk to you about it. Now, Richard Scudamore was happy enough to sit in a room with me time after time saying about why ticket prices should be £30, which saves Liverpool supporters, what, £300 a year, roughly. Richard Scudamore was more than content enough to say that I can speak for supporters to do that, yet Liverpool say I can't. That's just, like, really bizarre. Yeah. It's just this idea that Liverpool want to control it and then what then happens is issues we have that people come to us with, you know. I know people were saying about the wild cars, you know, people have asked you about member sales and nine pound tickets. We want I the nine pound tickets, there's a suggestion some of them are being touted. Um, not seeing no proof of it, but you know, it's widely said amongst people. People have seen them selling them on, you know, the club are saying that's happening. 
So we've said, let's sit down, let's sit down and think about how we deal with touting as a whole, because it's not just a £9 ticket to be touted, loads of Liverpool tickets are being touted. Yeah. Someone's just getting a bigger markup on them £9 tickets. No. Liverpool will not. Liverpool have refused to sit down in a room with people from SOS to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the touted things is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's what's classified as touting. And, and a lot of the stuff around the £9 tickets is people who said, well, I was in there and there was loads of people who were in Scousers. Hmm. Which I guess is a problem because you're meant to have L post codes, but then people from outside can move to the city. And also, just because they're being passed on, it doesn't mean anyone's making any money. No, no. So you, you kind of... It needs to be investigated properly, doesn't it? And to find a way for it to work better. Because I think... You know, we could say it's the right thing to do, and it was a good thing that the clubs have done. But you can't just say, "Well, we've done that," so we can say we've done it and then and then and then leave it, which just seems to be a bit a bit what it is at the moment. Yeah, well, what Liverpool are now saying is they might just change it. And apparently, they've sold some people. They might just change it and they might just give the tickets away to local schools. And I'm like, no, this isn't shouldn't be a charity thing. Some people want to get used to buying tickets. Yeah, let them buy tickets, and it's not just kids who use them tickets. It's young young lads, young girls yeah. who are maybe you know in university and can't get to go often. People who may be on the dole, yeah, the, the, the people who can't the afford 24s. it, people, people want to, you know, older fellas who just can't afford to go regularly, but the idea of a £9 ticket, they'll, they'll willingly take that chance of, yeah. you know, they sell out in two minutes, they'll willingly take them chance of, why should they be denied the opportunity? Because yeah. Liverpool won't deal with Taunton properly. Mm. Liverpool can just absolutely have a thorough plan for dealing with Taunton. Now, they say they have, but like many things around ticket allocations and stuff like that, well, tell us how many tickets you took of Taunton in the past year. Publish it on your website. Yeah. Publish it that at this game we took this many touts off a ticket, tickets off a tout because you know what? There's loads of people on Red and White Cop, Red all over the land, Twitter, saying this person's selling a ticket on for more than face value, and I've never seen someone coming back saying, you know what? Liverpool took their ticket off them. But what I've also heard about Jay is that people have had membership cards taken off them where they've just passed it on to someone else, and I've, and I've seen that, and you don't know how you don't know when to believe it or, or what because you know you've only got their story of face value, and it's never been anyone I know. But I know you know this. I mean, people must have come to you, SOS, and said, you know, I've gone to the game, uh, I've passed a, a spare on to a mate, and we've suddenly had our cards took off them because it's not in their name. Absolutely, that happens, and people, what then gets caught up in it, and this is where it all becomes a problem. Liverpool want to deal with some of this because people are writing into them saying. I tried to get tickets in the members' sale, I buy this membership and I can't get no tickets. So yeah. Liverpool know there's a problem because there's a scarcity of tickets. Then they get people on away games and it happens on away games too. If you remember a few years back, they started putting little things in about in the tickets, about passing do, yeah. them on to people. Um, because Liverpool were getting people saying, I couldn't get a ticket for such and such a game. And we sat down with them and saying, well, there is no perfect solution to this. Then people wouldn't get a ticket anyway. So some people would write in and we'd say to them, well, what? What games are they writing in because they can get tickets for? Are they writing in because they can get a ticket for Man United away? Or are they writing in because they can get a ticket for West Ham away? Or are they writing in because they can get a ticket away for Butter on a Wednesday night? Oh, well, they were writing about the Man United game. I'm like, well, of course everyone wants a ticket for Man United away. I want a ticket for Man United away. I'm not writing in here because I just know it's pointless. You've got to go and do Butter away as well. You've got to build up your loyalty. Liverpool have, have come a bit unstuck because we've lost some of the bigger Northwest teams who give us a big allocation. So like Wiggins and Blackburn and stuff yeah. like that, which made it difficult you to get on the ladder and start off. But Liverpool introduced this loyalty system to get up to move on from other problems. On tickets being passed on in the in the, in in the cop or you know in 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 the main stand, absolutely. I've got a season ticket. Yeah, I'll say this. Well, I'm not afraid to. Uh, my season ticket's on the menu. Yeah. Someone ten years ago couldn't go, so the lad who was using it said to me, "Do you want this?" And it's it it it's mine. It is mine. The lad doesn't want it back. It's not in my name. It's not in my address. Um, what Liverpool have said is we'll do an amnesty on this and then we'll clamp down. But Liverpool have said, Liverpool absolutely have said to us, Ian Ayres sat there and said to me, he's got no problem with the idea that three or four people might use a season ticket over a year. 
Liverpool sent a survey. No, no out shoddy, no shoddy. Liverpool sent out a survey recently from uh, the Premier League, which asked, you know, do you share your season ticket with someone? Not to grass on you, but because they, they know people do it. They, they're interested in how people do it and what they can afford to do. So we've said to Liverpool, well, maybe you just need to regulate that. And, you know, so that people aren't just passing it on to, you know, 19 different people a year. You know, but what you need to have on this is what's the exception? What, what, what are supporters willing to accept? What are people who go to the match or want to go to the match willing to accept? Do they accept the idea that maybe you can't go so you register your dad on your season ticket or you register your brother and register someone else and you can get in touch with them and say they can't go? But as much as what you're saying there, again, I'm giving it, a person gets in touch with us who's got a, a season ticket in the dugout um, and they pay £3,000 a year for that, they, because they've asked Liverpool, Liverpool let them give that to us to give to somebody at pay game when the person can't make it. They let them sign it over. Yet there's a fellow who's got an £800 season ticket or a member's card who's getting it took off him because he's passed it on to a mate that time. Mm. Where's the what, what that smacks of is you've bought it. You've paid more so you get to do what you want. Yeah. And that's not fair. But Liverpool won't sit down and have a conversation with us about this. And I know it's a problem. And there'll be people listening to this who've got no way credits and want to start going or, have, or find it hard to get match tickets. And I'll, and I'll probably be saying to me, you shouldn't have it in your name. That person should have given it back. That you shouldn't pass your tickets on to mates, yeah. Because they, sh- you know, they should go back to the club. But Liverpool make that hard. If I want to give my season ticket back for a game, mm. I lose a tenner off it straight away. If they sell it, they might not even sell it. I've got no proof they sell it. Whereas what I can do is I can just say to a mate, "Yeah, do you want it for thirty quid? Yeah. Or do you want it because I've got a ticket somewhere oh, else?" Look, I mean, it's not a secret. It- Red Touch Media, a company involved in us, they've got an executive box at Liverpool, and sometimes I get to go. I'm going on Sunday, and so in that case, I. I don't want any money for me to get No, I'm I going. did that same thing, yeah. So I'm, I'm going already. So I say to my dad, take someone who's skins. Or mm. take a mate who's had a shit week or something. Or, you know, just just, just take just take Your someone. cousin or a nephew yeah. or someone who and knows so you'll take someone who hasn't... Because it's so hard to get two together as well. Mm. He'll take, my dad will take someone who, who probably hasn't got 50 quid, to, to be brutally honest. And that's a nice thing. And then he'll go, you know what, I took a fella from blah, 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 who used to know mm-hmm. him from, and the, you know, and he was made up, so nice mm-hmm. one. And I'm like, well, you know, fine. But so, but but the club is saying I can't do that. I've got to sell it, and I'm like, well, I don't want to. And me, that doesn't want to sit next to some knobhead who he doesn't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Someone you've sold to by Twitter or something. <laughs> he's bad enough sitting by me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So there's that issue there, and I might dad will turn around probably and say, actually, well, the two two season tickets are both in my name. The so biggest, I'll do whatever I want with them. They're both in my name. One of them's not in, even in my name. So yeah. the biggest challenge for t- the biggest challenge I think for supporters now is how we do tickets and what we do next. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of solutions to this. The £9 tickets, they are being touted. But Liverpool are trying to clamp down on that. But they're saying they are, but they don't talk to us about how. But if you're going to deal with that, and this is what you're saying, all the tickets being passed on. Again, I'll give an example. Um, and Liverpool will never Liverpool will never come out and talk about this, but they'll never be able to deny because I know I've sat in a room with the people that are involved. The other year, we played Man United away. And during the game, loads of people start suggesting the idea that um, tickets have been given in our end to Honda as a sponsor, and everyone's like, "No, the hands." And but there's loads of these people. There's like a row of fifty people that have all got tickets, and they're wearing Honda badges, and they've all got tickets in our end. And what had happened is Liverpool hadn't given them. Someone had gone to shoot Liverpool and complained, and Liverpool looked into it, and some fans had passed them on. Now what had happened? We come out. Some fans had passed them on, but had a bit of a legit story and maybe got away with it. Some fans were caught and got. The tickets took off them. Got the you know the, the season tickets uh, rescinded and they lost all the credits and stuff like that. Some come about. Staff inside the club had passed the tickets on. Another person come about. He um, they wrote to him and said your season tickets blocked. 
the lads like, why? And they were like, you passed the ticket off for Man United away. And he was like, I didn't buy a Man United ticket away. Yeah, no, yeah, you did. And he, was like, he was like, no, I really didn't buy a ticket for Man United away. And they were like, yeah, you did. And he went, no, I didn't. And they were like, yeah, you've, you know, you go to 19 away games. And he was like, mate, I haven't bought an away ticket for years. Someone inside the club had been using a season ticket and had built the loyalty upon it and was just passing tickets on. This lad hadn't been there in the away game in years. So these things happen. Now I've said to Liverpool, behind closed doors, and I'll say it publicly because Liverpool won't be our mates, so they don't talk to us about it. We've got to have this conversation somewhere else. Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool won't confront some of this because there's, there's, there's people. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. Because you know what? You can ban the fella in the middle of the cop. You can't ban your centre half. You know, I'm just picking a position that you can't ban your centre half. You can't ban. You can't ban the lad who's in the under 19s or the under 23s who's maybe passed the ticket on to a mate innocently, and he's sold it on. Yeah. Who do you believe? Because everyone's gonna lie. They might, be, they might be telling the truth. They might be lying. Liverpool won't deal with this. What do I think they should do? Go on a Tauten website. Find a ticket for sale for £400. Trace how many tickets that person's got. They haven't got one. They're not selling one ticket. Go and trace how many tickets that person's got. Let's be honest about this. Clock, lads, clock this every ticket they've got. Because they're paying on the same credit card. But, but they're all less than the same address. And a lot of this will be lads, local lads as well, by the way. Lads who go to aways and things like that. There's and another challenge. There's another challenge. And this is really honest. And I and I say this because in the, this I got implicated in the Honda thing. I got... There were touts and... Some of the people involved in it, this is a serious business to them, and these are serious people. Mm. And I'm not paid enough <laughs> money. I'm not even paid, sorry. But, but the, the, you couldn't pay me enough money to deal with this because you're not going to get on the wrong side of some of these people. You're really not. It's a serious business. Yeah. It's a serious organised thing. They're not just selling tickets for the pool matches on the off. You know, yeah. They're selling tickets yeah. for the Olympics and that. These are serious people. There was a tout going around, throwing my name in yet. Jay McKenna's been going on the away and they're all Stratford collecting tickets off people who've been passing them on. I went even at Old Stratford that day. Mm. I was in Blackpool buying a car for work. That morning, so couldn't you the match? I wasn't even there, and my name was getting thrown in the hat. So I've said to people at Liverpool, this is a big job for you. It's hard. It's hard. You're going to upset some people. I think some it's the impossible job, and this is the sort of where I end up with this. And I feel sorry, and I really feel sorry for Liverpool. It'd be better if they were talking to but you. Then, but what but they I, can't I, do I feel Neil, sorry for everyone. Is they can't take tickets off. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's passing can't. them on to the mate. Exactly. If they're not dealing with the fellow who's selling for four hundred pound on the internet. Exactly. No, I agree with you. But that's why I think it's, if it is hard, it's practically the impossible job. And I, I just think you just leave everyone to it. Almost, and I can understand why if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. But I agree with you. Then you can't have the, the hypocrisy of some fellas just getting sorted out. Mm-hmm. We all know what's going on, but there's, it becomes the impossible job. What's yeah, the difference? The impossible what's job. the difference between a tout selling a ticket on for eight hundred pound, you know, buys a season ticket for eight hundred pound and selling it on for hundred pound a game, right? Or the fella in the hospitality lounge who's got a table for his business and just brings whoever he wants every game. Yeah, he gets he gets the pick and choose who comes on his tickets, and you know he doesn't charge yeah. for them, but he's getting business off it. Mm. There's no money, you know, there's no monetary exchange, but there are. Yeah, touts will have those tickets. The, it's a proper, yep. it's a proper enterprise. This isn't just some fella who can't go. He's thinking it's Man United at home. I can get three some for this, you know. But I think what, what's a sh- what's a shame. I think well, I mean, loads of this is a shame. Let's face it. But what I don't like is, and I saw it again at the weekend, is that suddenly there's, there's half a dozen detectives in away ends, and they're looking at people and going, well, "Who's he and where's he got his ticket from?" And I felt so sorry for this kid on Sunday. Completely agree a, with you. It was half time, and we were tuning up, here. and this lad bounced over to me, and he was eighteen. Um, I don't know, he was about 18, but he was, yeah. he, was, he was a young 18, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't want to say any more than that, but he bounced over. He was like, oh, this is brilliant, and winning 2-0, yeah, great. And I was like, oh, nice one. Um, and then he's like, oh, and it's the first time I've ever managed to get in, like, with the Liverpool fans. I normally have to sit with the home fans the first time getting it, and this lad comes out of nowhere and goes, well, how do you get your ticket? And this kid's like, he's confused. He doesn't yeah, really get what's going on. And he's like, I bought it off someone, and the lad's like, how much are you paying you? And 130 quid. And then... This, this fella starts from snarling, blah, 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 and, and, and in the end he walks off. But I felt so sorry for this kid because he's like, I was made up a minute ago, and then I've just come over to talk to this lad, and then now 
he didn't really now understand why. Me. But he didn't understand why yeah. he didn't really get it. Because as I say, he was, I said he was like a young. Because Bournemouth, Bournemouth's a big problem because Bournemouth yeah. sold out because we got a low allocation, sold out mm. on 19 credits, and not everyone who people who went to every yeah, yeah. away game yeah. last year got a ticket. Yeah. And that's a real big problem. But you know what? Some of this, I don't think you can solve it all completely, like Neil says. But you know what? Go and be honest with them. Yeah. Tell people how many home tickets go to hospitality and how many go to the. You know what's going to happen? You know where this, where this shit is literally going to hit the fan on this? If Liverpool get to another European final. Yeah. Or an FA Cup final. I'm telling you now, because of the way tickets amongst hospitality are, are apportioned and where tickets go in hand, it's, you, you go. Usually for the final, most people are all right. And Baal was a bit of an issue. I'm telling you now, if we get a European final, the shit is going to hit the fan on where tickets go and who has them and what access to them. And all I would say is we can deal with that and we can fix it and we can get the yeah. best solution possible if Liverpool sit down and talk about it, but they won't. We might have to do the member sale the other day. Anybody, <laughs> if anybody really wants to do right. the member sale, is there any, very quickly, is there anything you can do about the member sale or is there just not enough tickets? I, I think it's scarcity of tickets is the problem because you'll... What, what, it very, the very short answer, and it's the same with the away ticket loyalty, I think the people who complain, I think some of the people who complain about it, caveat that, some of the people who complain about it, they complain that they're not in. They're not saying make it all a free for all. They want to be in. And then when they're in, they want someone else. They're not bothered about the person behind them. Once you're in, it's a closed shop. But of course, it's going to be like that because there's a scarcity of tickets. And you will always upset someone. So if we get if we fix it so that some people can get in or get access to away tickets via a ballot or something like that, you're upsetting the people who've been going for years and have spent fortunes to do it. So who do you upset? Mm. And this is the challenge Liverpool have got. And I, I, I do not envy the people who work in ticket and Liverpool for this. So we developed the Anfield Road. They said they were going to do it. Um, do that, and then that'll help. Um, sorry if I didn't talk about what you tweeted to me um, saying I should talk about, but we did get through a lot, and it was really nice hearing some of those stories from earlier in the year because it was um, it was it was a, a, quite a mad time. Uh, huge thanks to Jay. Huge thanks to Neil. Uh, nice one to Andy for producing, and that's been uh, a cup of tea. Sports Social Podcast Network.